welcome to track number one of Perfection. Father, we thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for your blessing. Lord, we ask that you speak to our hearts and let your will be done. In these few hours that we shall be together, we thank you for the great opportunity that we have in you, Lord Jesus. As we gather, Lord, we are grateful. As we gather, may your speak within sing and believe God as a prayer.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for this great opportunity. We ask you to speak to our hearts in these few moments. Thank you that your mercies are new every morning. That even though we've had a camp before, even though we met yesterday, even though we met some time ago, even though we've had church services, your mercies are new every morning. And because your mercies are new, there are new things in store for us. New blessings for us. New guidance for us. We ask that Lord, we shall move into these new realms and the new chapters and the new dimensions that you have ordained for us. We thank you in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Well, it's a blessing to be here. I'm happy to see all of you again. And I'm sure I'll see more of you as I'm seeing you. Amen. How many brothers are here? Stand up if you are a man or a boy. Okay. All right, sit down. How many sisters are here? Mothers or ladies or about half, half, right? Okay, thank you. God bless you. Well, the theme of my of our camp is is um, is not all out. It's uh, perfection. <laughs> perfection. I want to change the theme to perfection. How many want to be perfect? Huh? Good. It's the same as all out. It's another word. <laughs> exactly. You can have your own camp. 20 things that perfect people do. And then you flow. Colossians chapter 1. Verse 28. I says, Where whom we preach warning, every man... And teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. God is trying to present us perfect. Amen. Amen. What do you think? Do you believe that God wants you to be perfect? He says, whom we teach present that we may present every man perfect in Christ. Colossians chapter 4. Are you there? Verse 12. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand what? Perfect and complete in all the will of God. Amen. 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 That you may stand perfect and complete. In all the will of God. So Miranda, God wants you to be perfect. That's what Paul was trying to do. Uh, When John Wesley was around, he had a doctrine called perfection. 
was teaching it brought up a whole lot of confusion. But there are a lot of verses in the Bible that are telling us that God wants us to be perfect and complete in all the will of God. Amen. Amen. And there is no way you can be perfect. Um, I'll show you how you can be perfect. But there's no way you can be perfect by your own deeds. You get it? As be- the best you probably be would be to become aware of your sins and your shortcomings. That will probably be one of the ways that you'll be going nearer and nearer perfection. Amen. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture is given by God and is by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructing or instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Amen. Man of God. How many men of God do we have here? Are you boys of God or men of God? That the man of God may be perfect. Hallelujah. All right. Are you people feeling sleepy? I told you to sleep last night. Did you go and sleep? Or you went to chat? If you sleep on me, I'll close the camp. I, I find it difficult to preach to people who are sleepy. You get it? It's just difficult for me. Father, it's easy for me. Amen. I can preach to sleep. I trap myself. Mercy. Okay. So, I believe that, you know, when you have a goal as to be perfect, I think you are better off than having a goal to be somewhere down there. What do you think? You know, I think if you have a goal to be perfect, you'd be better off than somebody who has a goal, you know, to just make it. Is that not so? You must always aim for A in your exam. And usually we fall short of what we aim for. Usually. How many remember your school days? Huh? You know, there are some people who do geography, history, economics, and so maths. That's for maths. I just want C. And then you get F. You get F. Because you aim for C. It's the, one of the most dangerous things is to aim for less than perfection. You must aim for the highest if you are serious about that thing, even though you know that it's not your best subject, you must still try hard with that subject. Do you understand? Yes. Recently, my, my, my boy was doing exams, and there were some things that he doesn't like, and I was encouraging him. You can do it. <laughs> you have to get the best you can. Because if you try and try and try and try with that mind, I tell you, you will make it. And even if you don't get A, you'll get a B or a C or a D. I once did an exam and I aimed for A. 
And I'm sure everybody else aimed for A. None of us had A's. The highest was B's. And I had B's. Yeah. And I was the highest. Because everybody dropped. And we all dropped together. You get it? Yeah. And every time I have done an exam, there are always some things I don't like. But I end up usually getting the same result in most of the subjects. You know, because I aim. There's once, I remember I did my A-level. I didn't aim for A. In fact, I just, I, I found the subject so useless. I was wondering why we were being taught this subject. I almost failed. Almost. And because of that, I, I would easily have not gone to the university. Yeah. I just escaped by the skin of my teeth. Just. Are you listening to me? Yeah. So, you come to the church, you don't ever intend to be a full-time minister. Do you see? You don't ever plan to be a missionary. You don't ever plan to be a reverend. You don't ever plan to be a bishop. You don't ever plan to be an evangelist. You don't ever plan to be like Benihin. You, you, you want to be an usher. You want to play instruments. You just want to sing in the choir. You know, these are the lower jobs in the church. I'm not saying that, you see, I'm not saying that it's not a good job, but I'm saying that there are higher things more because, because I can preach, but I can also play the instrument. And I am preaching because there are more people who can play but not so many who can preach. And once the thing is few, it's little, it's small, it becomes valuable. Yeah. So it's more valuable because there are fewer people who can do it. So I leave this instrument. I've come earlier to play the uh, drums and so on for the worship time. You get it? But because I knew there were people here, I just left it for them. <laughs> just to start. <laughs> <laughs> are you understanding what I'm saying? There are higher things in the kingdom. Higher. And you must, you, must, you, must, you must have the highest aim. And that's what Paul was talking about. Perfect. I mean, what can be more absurd than an idea of becoming perfect? When you look at your practical life. Especially if you marry, you will know that you are not perfect. Your wife or your husband is an agent of information. That will inform you that you are not perfect. From the beginning of the marriage, you will recognize that you are not perfect. How many are married and you have realized that you are not perfect since you got married? Before you marry, you think you are perfect. <laughs> because people will see you in church and say, oh, This is a good Christian brother. This is a good Christian sister. He has been in the church for 42 years. <laughs> He's a member of the church. He plays the drums. He plays the piano. He sings in the church. He's a good brother. That when you marry, you'll be surprised. 
your husband or your wife will show you one the money you say ah, why are you not happy say, because of you <laughs> because of the way you are me it couldn't be then who number two you are the one And when you solve that one, it's like a ball that you are pushing under the water. Another one will come out from another place. Mercy. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, you will discover. And you see, as you are being informed about your various faults, initially you'll be arguing, but as you look at it carefully, you realize that the thing is true. <laughs> Only that you haven't had somebody to manifest that behavior on. But since you've got a wife or a husband, your manifestations are affecting the person. And you will know more and more and more and more and more that you are not perfect. You can start a church with love, with sweetness, with a heart to help, to be kind. You will by all means meet somebody whom you love, whom you show kindness to, and the person will turn around on you and slap you in the face. And then you'll be surprised. And you'll meet people who will slap you in the face and stay there. That you now have to fight with as they are still staying there. Because some would have slapped you and gone, but some are staying there to fight with you. So now you, you have to love the congregation and fight this particular person so you, you you are no more confident in the church as you are preaching whether you are a good person or a bad person whether you are doing something because you are fighting and loving how can you kill somebody in one blow and love somebody in another blow it's marvelous so throughout you will wonder you know whether you walk in love one time I watched a certain Orangu guy. I watched him for two years. And then I wrote a letter to him. And I said, let me write to you. I want to just tell you what I have not said for two years. I want to tell you what I think. And I wrote to him, one, two, three, four, five. And I said, this is what I want you to know. It's my mind that I haven't spoken about it. That he wrote and sorted me fully. I also cease fire. <laughs> and I commended him to God, to the weather, to time, elements, and other things that he can deal with. I don't have anything to do with him. Amen. So, you have to deal with such characters. And at the same time, you are loving or what we call love, because that one too is part of love. And so you don't feel so confident. You, you, you now, you will know that there's no perfection. But we are supposed to aim to be perfect. This is the point I'm trying to make. Huh? Is that not so? You must aim to be perfect before God. God is the only one who can declare us to be perfect. Look, when you are dying, eh? The main prayer you must pray, mercy. 
this is what you must pray for as you approach God. Yeah. John Wesley, at a point in his life, he wrote and they, they copied. He said, I don't know if I know God. I don't know, I don't know if I know God. I wonder if I know him. I wonder if he, if he hears my prayers. Hey, a whole paragraph. And he, he said he was, you see that he was not sure of himself at all. And you, you now, you can see the struggles of a human being trying to serve God. It's not easy. But with, with the aim to be perfect, we are likely to do far better than somebody who's just along and just want to stay around, hang around, be around, fellowship around, be happy. But you don't have an aim. To be perfect before God. Amen. Amen. When you have an aim to be perfect before God, other aims will start to diminish before you. The aim to be rich is one of the most useless aims. Let me be frank with you at this camp meeting. That's why I said some only some people should come. The aim to be rich is one of the most useless aims you can ever have. Yeah. Because it's not an aim that Christ had. Our Savior, his aim was to please his Father. And he told us that we shouldn't lay up treasures on this earth. Do you see? You know, even uh, uh, no, no, matter, no matter what you, you do when you serve the Lord, God himself will bless you. I mean, he'll bless you anyway. It is true. And so it's a, it's, there's no, you, you, you'll be blessed without that aim. You'll be blessed without having such a vision. Do you understand what I'm saying? You'll be blessed without having... John Wesley was saying that, you know, at the point, not even the, but the guy who was writing about him was saying that, you know, he, he, he didn't have... He had an aim to, be, to serve God, to help the poor, but all the poor people that he helped, soon all the people became rich and blessed. You know, it was like, that was not the aim at all, but it was like, people just became blessed and rich because nobody joined him. Only poor people, minus, and the poorest of every, the elite and so on, they were all in the Anglican church. As he was going around, starting one after the other, one after the other, they called them societies. Later, I turned into churches. Small, 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 everywhere, 63 year old, 70, riding horses to go and preach every day. 80, he was riding horses to go and preach. Huh? And some of us look at us, twenty something years old. You are like an old man. When it comes to the church work, you are like an elderly man who is so weak. When it comes to doing foolish things, you have more strength. That must not be our aim. Our aim must be to be perfect before God. Or, if you like, your aim must be to be aimless before in the secular things. You see, having visions, secular visions are dangerous. I think it's one of the greatest things that spoils our, our ministry is to have an aim in the secular world. Do you know that? Some of you, you, you cannot be affected by my preaching because of your secular aims. 
Should I continue the camp? Because I don't know whether you are quiet. Or... Your aims have spoiled your life. Yeah. I want to be this. I want to be that. I want to get this. I want to get that. So when I come and preach, because you want to be this, this type of preaching, it, it cannot go with such an aim. <laughs> yeah. Your aims are the, the major deleter of all messages. You see, one day I was talking to one guy. And he said to me, look, I've changed. I said, why? He said, I let to be a millionaire. And I said, when and he said that, I look, I said, uh-huh. For years, it explains, you see. This the aim, the person has that the vision he has is to be a millionaire. A dollar millionaire. He lives in America. He said, I want to be a dollar millionaire. And he's a rich guy. I said, that's his aim. And so when I come with my... So I remember one day I went to the a camp. And I, I, I came with a powerful message. But you see, these, these type of aims, they are like vapor that is coming out, steam that's coming out of the people. It's spiritual. You can see that what you are talking about is the, it's not something that they believe in or that can help them. If I come and talk about something that's maybe... But because of the exuding visions of money and gold and this and that, when I come with my whatever perfection, you be a full-time missionary, full-time pastor, this, that, that evangelist. This. I don't enjoy it. What do you think? So your visions, and there are a lot of us in South Africa. Sometimes times that I come here and I preach certain things, I realize that there are people with visions. More multiple visions. This and that and that. You have different goals. That is why. That is why the message has no power. On your life. These days when I have come I try to select. Say, no, I don't want everybody. More visions will be sitting here. I want free. If you want to work for God, you must be aimless. You see? That's why I can't preach this in the church. You have to be aimless. Hey, they told us to be aimless. Because the normal preaching is what? have a vision, have a goal, mission statement, objectives, these are what I want to accomplish, a goal is a target you set with a certain time, this, this, that, and all those things. Yeah, targets of your life, by the age of 27, I must be there, by the age of 35, I must have this, by this time, I must be this, I mean, all those visions and targets are spoiling your life, because when the word of God is coming, you say, hey, aside, I have a vision. I'm doing something. Because when God takes over your life, the main and first thing he will take over is your vision. Yeah, And you now don't have a vision. So the best person to ever work for God is somebody without a, a vision secularly. 
Because you see, you can have doctrines and teachings, but if you don't have his vision, you will never really change. Yeah. And in fact, the best would be that you would change certain verses which mean something else. You would change them into another kind of verse to mean something else. You have all the scriptures that talk about heaven and so you convert them to money. One day I was looking at somebody preaching and uh, he started, he opened Romans 8 and he was talking about being predestined. He says that whom he did foreknow, he did predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ and so on. Then he said, your destiny, your destiny, your destiny, this year, your destiny shall happen. God will make your destiny come to pass. You are going to go into higher places. You are going to this. You will have this. You have the other. Oh, the whole church was shouting. So say destiny. What's the destiny? The destiny is to be conformed to the image of Christ. To look like Christ. And that means to become poor. Ah, they, they, they wouldn't have been shouting if they had not if they had understood it. He became poor that we might become rich. He denied himself for others. He gave his life for others. He died for others. He lived for others. That's, that's how the, we, we begin to look like him. The image of Christ. But now it had become your destiny in South Africa. Your destiny in this. Your destiny to become this. And they just used the word destiny, destiny, destiny. Before I realized a new destiny had come. <laughs> And every verse in the Bible will be turned into something related to money or whatever vision you have. Because our vision, our vision is, is making us implacable and unchangeable and yielding guys on a certain road. So the message comes, the message comes, yes, but I, I thank you, thank you, it's a good idea, but I'm going, I'm going straight. I'm going straight, this way I'm going straight, 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 straight. Verses will come, scriptures will come. Comes who comes, yeah, yeah, it's very good. God bless you, Pastor. Keep preaching. I love you, I'm, but I'm but I'm going straight. It's a very good message. We appreciate appreciate your ministry, you know, the way you preach, and so it really helps us. But you see, I'm I'm I'm, I'm aiming this way, and I'm not changing. But it's time to change. Amen. Yes, ago I went for a wedding. And I preach powerfully. Powerfully. <laughs> and after an 80-year-old man, who was a relative of the couple, we went to the house for the reception. And he said, young man, come. <laughs> <laughs> I was the preacher. I said, come. I came. Yes, sir. That I heard you preaching. Because he was sitting there. He said, I want you to know something. I am an Anglican. And I will never change. (laughs) 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 And then he, he went, he had also there and he said, And he said, and I want you to know, I am not born again. And I will never be born again. I've never heard somebody in my life speak that. I said, I will never change. 
and I will never be born. He was looking at me. Do you, do you understand? I will never change and I will never be born again. This is about 12 years ago. Exactly four weeks ago, this man, he, I thought he had died. He, when I saw him, he was in the church again. I thought he was dead. Because he told me, he says, I'm 80 years old. I, I think it was 80. I don't think it was 70. I'm 80 years old. And I want you to yeah, come. I want you to move. I will never change. And I will never be born again. Hey. When he said I was afraid, he said, I would never change. I would never be born again. And lo, I was preaching. And who was sitting there? I will never be born again was right there. Four weeks, four, four Saturdays ago. And I said, Lord, I'm going to try again. <laughs> I preached my best. You see, this time I was softer than I was the other time. Because now I'm more kinder and, you know, I preach, I try to, you know, this the preach, you must be born again. And I said, altar call, wedding. You want to give your life to Christ, you want to be born again. Who lifted up his hand? I will never be born again. <laughs> His hand was up. He was standing in the front. The first chair. What to give your life to Christ? One, two. There were about not more than ten people lifted up. He was one of them lifted up. I want to be born again. I want to give my life to Christ. I said the prayer with him. Oh. So if I will never be born again can change. I said if I will never be born again can change. Then it means you can also change. Amen. Amen. It means you can change. Yeah, you cannot. I mean, this summer. Look, have you have you seen something like that before? Somebody who calls, say, "Come, come." When he called me, I was afraid. I was thinking. Maybe I've insulted somebody, or maybe I was waving with my leg. You no, know, can I? You don't want your left hand. Maybe I was waving my left hand. This I didn't know what I mean. I was doing, so I was shaking. And I went to him, said, "I want you to know that I'm 80 years old, and I'm an Anglican, and I will never change. I will never be born again." And he continued, "I will never change. I will never. I can still see his face." Even he has been able to change. And today you shall change. I say you shall change. Amen. Amen. That's the essence of the word of God. Is to build us up that the man of God may be perfect. Amen. We, We can change. We can become perfect. We can become better than we really are. Things can get better. And God wants to make things better for us and he wants us to move to the next level amen and the the place that must change is your vision is that vision that is spoiling everything because you know the verses in the bible that doesn't change you because of your vision you are like a train on a track 
which is headed to Cape Town or to Devon or wherever. Whether we rain on you, whether we wave at you, whether we hit you, you are on a rail track. And you are headed straight. And you have no other options but to go straight. Your vision is your railroad. It's railroading you straight to that place. Look, there are great benefits of having no vision. Secularly. You know, when I went to medical school, I had no vision. I didn't even want to be a doctor. I didn't see why I should be a doctor. But just I, I happened to pass. And I did well. So I didn't have that aim. Never have. Never have. Do you see? Never have. Ne- I've never had a, 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 an aim or a vision in the secular world. I just knew that I had passed so I could qualify. So when I went for my interview, they asked me, why do you want to be a doctor? It was the most difficult question because I did not want to be a doctor. I just passed. So I stood there, I sat there, and I, I just thought, so I want to heal people. I want to heal people. And the whole discussion turned into uh, heal people. So what about spiritual healing? And the whole discussion turned into spiritual And luckily, the first 10 people coming for that interview were to be taken automatically. And I was the fifth person. So whether I say I'll heal people, this, that, whatever, I was in the thing. Are you listening to me? Yeah. So even after going through school for so many years, nobody could give me a vision to be this or to be that or to become this or to become that. I mean, it was not my vision. And I've never had a vision to be rich. Although I can say I'm not poor. I'm not poor. I'm standing I'm not poor. Yeah. You know, I'm not poor. And I'm not in need. I'm not in need by the grace of God. Yeah. And I'm blessed. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not my aim, it's not my aim or my vision at all. I have more money than people who are aiming to be rich. <laughs> That's their aim. It's not my aim. I have what they are aiming for. (laughs) Yeah. It's a a symbolistic thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's wonderful. It's marvelous and wonderful. And those who are, whose aim it is. You see, when the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, there's nothing like it. First thing is always the real thing. Second is always not real. If you are a second wife to somebody, I tell you. Do you have second wives in uh, South Africa? People married two and three. Huh? Do you have it here as well? If you are a second wife, I can tell you something in advance, free of charge. That the first wife is the real wife. You are not a real wife. You are just an attachment. You are a legalized girlfriend. <laughs> Zigzag. 
the real wife is there. And one day when your husband dies, or when this husband dies, you will see it in the will. Yeah. That he has left everything for his first wife. Because he feels so sorry about how <laughs> he hurt the first wife and went for the second wife. So he will make it up to her in the will. Yeah. And give everything to his first wife. And you will be there as a fool. So the first one is the real one. And the first thing you seek is really the thing you seek. Yeah, it's the real thing that you are really seeking. It's the first thing that you seek with your life. You seek when you are young. You seek when you are fresh. You seek when you have energy. You seek when you can do things. Are you listening to me? Are you there? All right. So God wants us to be perfect. How many are ready to be perfect? Stand to your feet. Do you have any empty chairs here? Is there any empty chair in this hall? Huh? No, no, no. Do you have any empty chairs there? How many empty chairs do you have? If you have one by you, let me see your hand. Oh, you have? Okay. We'll break for a minute and I want to have some of the empty chairs right here because I'm going to fill the chairs. The chairs will be filled by people who are going to give themselves all the way for the Lord. Perfection. Perfection. <laughs> what do you think? Shall I bring my chairs here? Yeah. They will be empty at the beginning, but they will be filled at the end. <laughs> Lift your hands to the Lord. As we gather, may your spirit work within us. As we gather, they are new every morning. Thank you that you are giving us the first vision, a new vision to be perfect before you. That the man of God may be perfect. Lord, we want the man of God to be perfect. We want the woman of God to be perfect. Lord, we don't want to be half perfect. Partly done. But we want to be the very best we can be. Thank you. 
we love you in Jesus name amen alright please sit down now more perfection I'm, I'm working on perfecting your vision your vision must be improved today. Do you understand? Amen. Yeah. And you must aim for the highest. Amen. Aim for the best. I said aim for the highest. Amen. Aim for the best. Amen. Don't aim for, you know, something less. That's what I'm trying to say. It's true, we will not all be at that height. Let's, let's, let's take the ministry. You have to say somebody like Benny Hinn. You know, in terms of what we see, you know, that's our human way, which is also not the correct way of assessing anyway, and it's not the way to be assessed in heaven. You know, because in heaven, a deacon who loves is higher than the great healing evangelist who does not love. I read it in Rejoiner's book, The Call. He said, the deacon who loves is greater than the apostle who does not love. Because in heaven, rank is determined by love and humility, not by what you are doing. Yeah. <laughs> are you listening? So the size of whatever you have is not going to be what is going to become anything. But if you have the virtues, that's why See, his aim is that we should be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And as we work for him and we work with him, we'll be changed. And we look more and more like Christ. More humble, more loving, more of everything that Christ is. Are you listening to me? So, the size of anything you have is not what matters. But, so many other factors. However, we have to aim to do our very best for him. Do you understand? Yes, sir. Now, as you aim to do your very best for him, I don't know if any of you will ever become Reinhard Bonke or Benny. The first problem is that your skin is not white. Yeah. That's the first problem. And number two, the visibility that will ever be given to a white man is not likely to ever be given to a black man. You understand? And what dominates? Do you know how much it costs to go on TBN? TBN, the TBN that comes from America, is eighteen thousand dollars for thirty minutes. Yeah, that's the cost. When you see them on TV, it's eighteen. When you watch it for thirty minutes, you spent eighteen thousand dollars. And they come every day on different, different, different channels. Yeah. So, which is like $20,000 a day times whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, when a black man does something, even if it's better than a white man's, it's seen in a certain way. I mean, these are just realities. For instance, now the biggest church in the world is, is not in Korea, it's not in England, it's in, in Nigeria. And the biggest church building is in Nigeria. Yeah. And some of the greatest, more advanced ministries are in Nigeria. But because it's in Nigeria, and because it's a black man, 
It's not likely to be recognized. Well, are you listening to me? But you see, you still have to aim high. You may start a church, your church will not be as big as whatever, but you still have to aim for the biggest church. And because we don't have that aim, that's why we don't get there. Do you understand? You have to aim for the highest. I know that not everybody will be full-time. Can everybody be full? If we are all full-time, can we even pay? We'll all be sitting down. We'll be counting the offering. And the offering we ourselves are giving our own offering. We'll be sitting there counting the thing. Not everybody is going to be full-time. And not everybody can be full-time. And God does not intend everybody to be a full-time person. Neither does he intend everybody to be a missionary. There's nothing like that. That's absurdity that has happened in fully manifested foolishness. Do you understand? But you still have to aim. And when I say aim, you have to aim truly and genuinely. Because I am aiming the highest. I'm building a church in Accra. My church is not the biggest church in Accra. I'm doing my best. I'm doing my very best. And at least in terms of the one church, my church is not the, the largest church. Somebody has come to start a branch from Nigeria. His branch is bigger than my headquarters, where I am. Does it mean that I'm not doing well? No, it doesn't mean that. I'm doing my best in my own way that I know also how to do. Because according to the abilities that God has given me, I'm pouring in my very, 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 very best. I'm not holding back anything. You understand? That's what also I can do according to the gifts that have been given to me. And I will do it. And I don't care whatever anybody else is doing. It doesn't concern me. What concerns me is that one day I will stand before him and I will account for what was put in my hand and what was given to me. And what about you? Sometimes because we are not Benihim or we are not Reinhard Bonk, so I'm not whatever. So then you sit back, you know, but you've got to aim for your very best. I started having healing Jesus crusades intense. I mean, I just look. I'm going to do it. It was frightening to start it because I've not done anything. Nobody knows me in Ghana as a healing evangelist or anything. I'm just in my church. I said, I'm going to bring a tent and come and pitch my tent and invite people to come. What about if they don't come? Yeah, what about if people don't come to the crusade? Yeah. Because a lot of people have, one day I met an evangelist. He went to a certain town called Takrade in, in Ghana. And he said, the town that he hates most is that town. <laughs> so the crusade that he had there. You see, when you are standing on a platform and there's nobody at the crusade, it's very, very, very depressing. Yeah, you've made posters, announced on the radio, announced here, announced here, nobody has come. But I believe that the Lord told me to do it. So I'm also going to do my best. I know I'm not been here. If I go and see Paul Crouch and all those guys, they say, who are you? From where? Ghana? Ghana? Is it Guyana or Ghana? That's that's the question. Is it Guyana or Ghana? Okay, where is Ghana? Where is Ghana? That's that's the question they ask. Where is Ghana? 
And he said, oh, I thought you were a Pakistani. You look like an Indian. <laughs> that's, that's how the conversation goes. I've had this conversation many times. But I started. And it's working. Thousands of people come for the crusades. The last one of the, in fact, almost every time when they say, apart from Bonke, nobody has been able to have such a crusade. That's the commonest result that we hear. Apart from Bonke, he said, there's only other crusade that this far, in terms of attendance and whatever and so on, far exceeding everything that has been happening here. Everywhere. And recently, we just came back from a place called Takwa. We had a crusade. Thousands, I mean, the people who gave their life to Christ, thousands of people. I heard a report about 8,000. We give them cards. I mean, we are counting because our aim is to win 1 million souls. And we, the card, if you come, we give you a card. So we know how many people that we've given the card. Yeah. Every crusade, we have thousands, easy, 5,000, 8,000 souls. That are, I mean, with decision cards. Yeah. And Benihim will never go to Takwa. On his life, I, I mean, I'm ready to put out a bet with somebody. At least for the next 10 years, I doubt Benihim, Benihim will ever go to Takwa. You, have you heard of Takwa? <laughs> See? You have not even heard of it. How much more Benihim? What do you think? So what I can do, I am doing. What I can do, I'm doing my very best. I'm aiming for the highest. Yeah. I'll pray for the sick. If the only sick person who will be healed is somebody who has got pimples and the pimple is gone, or somebody has got headache and the headache is gone, I will pray for the sick still. Yeah. Yeah, this is what I can do. And I'll do it. Yeah. And I'm blessed. So you see, having that mind helps me to do very well with God. I'm aiming to, and I know that I, I know that I'm not Benihin. And I'll never be Benihin. And I'm, I'll probably never have what he has or do anything like what he's doing. But what I can do as far as this, my abilities. You see, how you are made determines often what God wants you to do. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you an example. How many eat soup? Do you eat soup or drink soup? You eat. You don't drink soup. No. <laughs> No, you don't drink soup. You eat soup. Oh, yeah. Or take soup. Or have soup. But you don't drink soup. You drink lemonade, but you don't drink soup. Are you there? Now, have some soup. You have soup. Now, if you are designed as a soup plate, or a deep plate, you are likely to be used for soup. If you are flat, you are likely to be used for rice, pap, 
kebab. And what else? Huh? Biltong. And what else? Chicken. If you are flat. Now, if you are like this shape here, you are likely to be used for water. We, have you seen soup in this before? Rarely will you be useful if you are like this. Rarely will, you, will God ever use you for soup. Even a human being will know that you shouldn't be used for soup. If you are, if you are, if you are like that cup, where is it for the coffee? You know, you are likely to be used for coffee. Have you got the coffee here? Ah, you see, if you are like this, you are like you are, you are not likely to be used for pap. If you are like this. So, even if you are like this, you shouldn't think of being used for pap. You should think of being used for something else because this is how you look like. In the Bible, how people were before they got saved or they were called by Christ often determined what they did. If you take Peter, he was a fisherman. And the Lord called him, Come, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Because you're fishing, you're going to fish. But you're going to fish for men. If you take David, the king, God said, he was a shepherd of sheep. and said, I'll make you a shepherd of my people. And he became the shepherd of God's people. Because he was caring for Mulligano's sheep. And God, look at how he was. And this, this, I've got somebody. If you look at Paul, he was a maker of tents, which is those days, those were their houses. And God used him to build his churches, houses. That's an apostle. House after house after house were built by Paul. If, if you look at John, he was mending nets. And Paul is the one who links everything together. John. He's the link even between Christ and the disciples. When they wanted to know who shall be trusted, ask John. John will talk with John. I don't know why Jesus likes him. We don't know why Jesus likes him. We don't know why Jesus. Everything is John. Everything is John. Everything is John. So just ask John. Just ask John. We don't know why. We're all here. I'm supposed to be the rock of ages, but everything is through John. Is that not what Peter would have said? Yeah. I'm supposed to be the rock. I'm supposed to be the rock. They say I'm the rock. They say I'm the head of the church. But now, anything. They say. So they said, there's Judas. Ask John to ask Jesus. <laughs> and John was the main connection man. And then he connected. When you read Revelation, it ties the whole Bible together and let us know, understand what the whole Bible is about. How the whole thing is going to end and where we are all headed. If there was no book of Revelation, we would not know. Antichrist, this, that, 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 everything. Even John, his, his book is different from all the other books. He's the one who said, said you are born again. I said, uh, uh, I, God said, huh? The miracles, there was all these Lazarus raising from, all this Matthew, Mark, Luke, they never mentioned all those things. It's John who brought all these, wow, wow, I'm the resurrection, the life, if you believe in me, the works you shall do, greater works than these, the last prayers of Christ. And he's the one who 
gives a certain tying together of everything. And when Christ saw him, he was mending as he says that this guy he can tie things together. I'll use him to tie things together. John 3, 16. Yeah. So the Bible says in a large house there are many vessels. So you see, God looks at you and says, You, you look like a Pakistani, so I'm going to use you for something. You know me, many places where I go. I look like the people from there, except where I come from. I look like everywhere except where I come from. I don't look like a Ghanaian. Although I've lived in Ghana from the time that I was born all my life. Went to school there throughout. But the people ask me, did you go to school? I said, no, I went to school in Ghana. I said, did you go to school in Ghana? You know, you speak English. I said, no, I did I went to school in Ghana throughout. From class one, nursery to the end. <laughs> Never been to school abroad before. But when I go to Devon, I look like a colored mixing with it. <laughs> <laughs> Even this other pastor was telling me, you know, I think because you are also colored, I think it has an effect the way you have authority in the church. <laughs> When I go to South America, I look like them exactly. Yeah, South America. I look like a Colombian. You have to go there to see. I look like a Colombian, Panamanian, everything. I fit in fully. When I go to Malaysia, exactly, you see my my brothers there, exactly. That when I come to Ghana, then they will be saying, "Hey, white man, white man." <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm a foreigner. Anyway, so God has His own plan, and because I come half from Switzerland, we have church. The only country in Europe that we have churches, strong work in Switzerland. In fact, our two strongest bases you find in terms of church, Ghana and Switzerland. It's, it's wonderful. God, depend on even who you are and how you are. You see that God has a plan. So you see our black faces, what we can do, a white man can never do. You see your South African face and your South African accent and your South African understanding of life. What you can do, a Ghanaian can never do. Nigerian can never do. Only you can do what you can do. And if you sit down, not doing it, then God will send people from somewhere. That's why we have missionaries here. One of the places that I have been disappointed is South Africa. Yeah. Because there are times that there are people... There are times that I would have expected that these people would believe and they would go, they would do this, they would do this, they would do this. But no. We just want to stay, become rich, prosperous, have cars, get new jobs, prosper, be blessed. We are blessed. (laughs) Yeah. It's, It's disappointing. But I believe that if I'll never be born again can change. Then you can also change. A change is coming. Do you know how to sing that song, the choir? Change is coming. Huh? 
Is that a song? Hold on, hold on. Does your choir know how to sing it? Pastor Oko will teach you before we, we go. Change is coming. I see a change. Amen. It's not by raising the hand, though. It's by changing the hand. <laughs> Why does somebody have to come? Daniel, stand up. Why does somebody have to come from Ghana? What is your hometown? In Ghana. Anyako. In Ghana. In the Volta region. Why does he have to come to Port Elizabeth? Why? Why? Ask yourself, why? Why does he have to come from the Volta region in Ghana to Port Elizabeth? What is he doing? What is he doing there? Look, one day we will all be gone. Maybe a time will come when the church in South Africa Lighthouse, it will even be maybe even independent from Lighthouse in Zimbabwe, Lighthouse. These things, you can't, you can't even control them, especially when you are dead. You can't, there's no one, you can't even say what it will be. It's a church and you see, it will go on. And those who are coming will also do their best. It's a South African church in South Africa. If if you would like to be connected to your other brothers for your own advantage, it's up to you. But at the end of the day, we are planting something that is going to bless the people that are here. In the long run, it, we can't take it anywhere. It's not for anything. All our investment, our attempts, our tries is to help and to do something. One day we will not be here. Huh? Is that not so? Pastor Kisley came to start a church here, you know, and he left it. Whatever will happen to it, and by the grace of God, the seed that was planted, it has been able to work and grow. And I, I mean, and we are hoping that in years to come, if Christ doesn't come, it will be far beyond what we can even imagine. Yeah. And, and you, the South Africans, have to rise up and do what you alone can do. Yeah. You have to. I said, you have to. Yeah. You have to. It is your country. It is your people. Christ died for the people here. Christ Jesus died for the people that are in this country. Yeah. He loved them. He cared for them. And he died for them. In in Ghana. No, thank you. In Ghana. Now, God has given me. I was at a camp. I was lying on my bed. The Lord gave me a vision to go into the towns of of ghana the poor towns you know and now i'm sending missionaries all my missionaries are going into ghana into towns the poor places where there's no everybody there's no 20th century building there but that is where we are going yeah and i'm spending a lot of money to 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 do that mission because that is also my country and that's also what god has put in my heart to do now he always put something in my heart to do, and that's what I'm doing. Amen. Yeah. And South Africa, too, God has put it on my heart for us to do something. And I know that I cannot accomplish it except the people who are from here. And the people who are here also rise up and do what they are going to do. You know why I took Billy and Kumo out of here? You know why I took them out of here? Because I didn't want them to be affected by that lackadaisical spirit. I said, come to me. Come and stay with me. Yeah. Come and stay with me. 
I don't want you to be affected by that thing. Just looking for money, looking for this. Come and think of God. And focus your mind on God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a seed. When Noah was going into the ark, God told him, take two animals, two of these, two of these, to keep seed alive. To keep the seed alive. That's why sometimes we catch one, two animals, come. (laughs) Set them. (laughs) Into the ark. (laughs) I see some more animals entering the ark. And when Noah came out of the ark, eh, when Noah, Lot escaped from Sodom and Gomorrah, his two daughters, they said, there is no one to keep our father's seed alive. We have to keep this little precious seed alive. So they slept with their father to keep his seed alive. And up to today is alive. Moab. And uh, somewhere, Edom, these two seeds are alive. So sometimes you have to keep the seed alive. Yeah. Otherwise, you'd be surprised if you leave it to join the masses. Yeah. So we, we, they, they need to, they are going to be, some of you are mighty, mighty, mighty. I'm just your inspirer. I'm just inspiring you. You are the great minister. I'm just inspiring you. The, the, you see, everybody's work is different. No? You see, like, like a coach. You see, these coaches and so on. They don't know how to play. You understand? They don't know how to play. But they can really help you to play. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you are the stars. Bible said, they that shine, they that turn many to righteousness shall shine as the stars. I see stars in this place. The stars of South Africa are here. And you are going to shine. How many are going to shine? Yeah. I didn't say shine financially. Shine. Shine as the stars forever. Eternal shinings. Amen. We must keep the seed alive. And we must do what we must do. Whilst we have the chance. And you guys are going to do great things for the Lord. That's why I came here. That's why I came to talk to you. I've not come to do the work of God. I've come to help you to do the work of God. I've come to encourage you to do the work of God. Your souls that you have saved at uh, Rustenberg. Have Have I been to Rustenberg? Has Rustenberg seen my face before? Have I darkened the doorway of Rustenberg with my shadow? Before even my shadow has not gone there before. But you have gone there. And there are souls that are being saved over there. That is how it's supposed to be. There are towns, even in Ghana, I've never been to most of my churches. Most of my churches. <laughs> yeah. I've not been. You see, and that, that's why you want to that's why I'm not coming to the church in Pretoria. That, that's not what I'm interested in. That's what somebody can do. Me, I want to let you help you yeah. to do yeah. the work. Oh. You see, I'm not interested in coming to preach to a lot of people or this or that and to clap for me. And so No, they're clapping. I'm waiting for heaven. When I'm walking, and I'm walking, and they're clapping in heaven. That's proper clapping. These ones, they, they are just pride on a silver platter. <laughs> pride on a silver platter. One of my friends told me, a pastor, he said to me, Dad, 
when you finish preaching, immediately run away. I said, I said, why? He said, after people will come and serve you pride on a silver platter. They will say, This and that, and your head will be swelled. He said, Ah, I am a man of God. Ah, I am a boy of God. Ah, I'm a middle-aged man of God. <laughs> I'm an elder of God. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Are you listening to me? To keep seed alive. Keep the seed alive. Ah, I need more seeds. We need to invest in you and in eternal things. Think about your life. Think about South Africa. How many people of your age are dead and buried already with HIV? How many of you are virgins, even though you have not married? You are one of the most sexually active young groups of people in the world. Interchanging partners like cows and sheep. And here you are sitting in church. If you are not yet HIV positive, it's the grace of God. Am I lying? Or if, I'm, if I'm not lying, stand up. If I'm not lying, stand up. Yeah. If you, are, if you are not HIV positive, it's the grace of God. Sit down. Yeah. Yeah. Think about when you started having sex and the different people. You cannot even remember who they are. You can't remember who they are. Can't remember who their names are. Sometimes you have gala. Do you know gala? More two or three people at the same time. You are satisfying them. One lady said, Come, all of you, I'll satisfy you on Friday. today you are sitting here as though you are the holiest of all. It's just the grace of God. I said it's just the grace of God. It's just the grace of God. Just the grace of God. You know. And why wouldn't you want to serve him? Why wouldn't you want to do your very best for him? And do what you can do with your small life. Whatever it will whatever will happen out of it. At least something. You know, that's why I said, I know I'm not Benny Hinn. I know I'm not this. I know I'm not. What I can do, what I can also do, I will try and do it. I don't want to die with what I can do within me. I'll do my best. I will aim for the highest and I will press. And you see, we are not afraid of small groups. It's the small groups that become the big groups. Yeah. You see, people are ashamed of small groups. They feel that to be a church or a pastor or whatever, you have to have this big group. That small group, like when Josh Wesley was starting societies and bands, they call them bands and classes. Small, 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 everywhere. Yeah. 
even in Accra, we had a we had a crusade recently. I mean, we just call our churches. We had over twelve thousand people. We couldn't even count twelve, fifteen thousand people. They were there. He said, "Come." You never know how many you are when you call the small, small, small. Everybody come. <laughs> so my brothers and my sisters, we are going to do his will. Amen. 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 And some of you, God is calling you at this camp to say, here I am. I'm the one. Send me. Use me. Use me. What do you think? Do you think so? You want God to use you? You say, I'm the one. All this preaching is me. All these things you are saying, I'm the one. Use me. Send me. And you'll be turned into a seed. That will be used by the Lord. Yeah. Seeds all over. One day I had a vision. I was going to fight an army. I mean, I got up. When I got up and I was moving towards the army, people started shouting, hey, they're going to kill you. They're going to kill you. I was walking. What are you doing? And you see the army there with their guns, knives, AK-47. They were gleaming in the sunshine and I was just moving. I said, you are going to die. Come. Everybody was just come. I don't know about the vision. I was just walking towards the people like that. When I got to the people, suddenly I had a pocket here. I put my hand in my pocket. And I took out seeds and I sprinkled it on the army. All of them fell down. The whole section fell down. I took more, more seeds. My seeds made the whole army collapse until the last man at the back was there, the commander. And the Lord said to me, don't stop sprinkling your seeds, the seeds of people. You send a person, don't stop. You send a book, don't stop. A tape, don't stop. It's a seed. The seeds are winning the war slowly, step by step, step by step, everywhere. Don't stop. Amen. And so I believe a time has come for seeds to be planted. And a time has come for seeds to be kept alive. And one of the ways a seed is kept alive is by being prepared. Sometimes seeds are prepared for how long are seeds prepared for? You are a farmer. Tell us how seeds are prepared. Give him a mic. Microphone. <laughs> Hallelujah. There are different types of seeds. Some seeds have lighter coats, and so they can be planted immediately. There are some seeds that have very thick coats. There are some seeds you have to burn it, and then you put it in water for three days. You have to burn the seed. Yeah. Seed of what? Um, so there are several trees, mainly the big trees that you see. Ah, the big ones, eh? Yes. They have to be bent, eh? <laughs> have you wondered why God is bending you? Because you are a big tree. I said you are a big tree. And in fact, there's it's known that there's a tree in China. I've forgotten the name of the tree. 